I never drink water on tour. All you got to do is just tap it in. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite a while. If your head was a touch softer, I'd be in the fairway. I never miss with the seven. Well, hey there, golf fans. Welcome to A Good Lie Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And also joining us is live golf expert, Ryan Rose Michael. <laughs> Gentlemen. So we're coming to you after another major. The U.S. Open was this weekend, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was the best major we've seen all year. I was certainly as entertained by this one as I have been any of them. The U.S. Open's always kind of cool because the course is intentionally harder than all the other tournaments if they can sort of manage it. And in fact, a lot of people complain when they water the greens and do anything that might soften them and uh, and and help the players. They want it to be just a miserable chore to get around this golf course. And I think unlike I mean, Augustus to to extent, but it's by day four you don't see a lot of no names at the top because you just got to be a fucking good golfer for four consistent days to compete in this tournament. Well, and I think you saw the winning score six under for the tournament, and that's an a that's a testament to the fact that they mission accomplished, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. the country club at Brookline, Massachusetts, had uh, gotten it done. the uh, The roughs were just horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. It was really, I guess, because the guys expect that they doesn't bother them as badly. Though, I mean, plenty you see plenty of golfers lose their shit, but you don't hear them complaining that loudly after the tournament going man this is just too this is just stupid this is set up stupid you know nobody was doing that like i said because it's the u.s open everybody expects it to be just a a, a pain in the ass there was one meltdown though wasn't there i thought there, there was, was a couple that's i thought uh, i saw a club get thrown there were a couple that's a yeah grace and murray like rory chucks some clubs and yeah grace and murray threw like his putter and snapped the club in half right like in Collins, you're exactly right like they they weren't doing too bad really you know for the the trouble the course was because I think they expect it, but the, uh, but you do see a little more tempers flare than you typically do. Like Rory gets mad. You don't see him throw shit a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. And I'm not saying that the players certainly were getting mad. They just weren't getting mad at the court at the, at the, like they weren't getting off the, the, the course and getting in the press tent and complaining about the setup. The, the course was absolutely frustrating them, but they weren't like taking their, they weren't complaining about it either after the round. Yeah, like they know what to expect. This is weird. This is the course that's going to piss us off. So there's no point in you know complaining to Jay Monahan after the round. Well, like when Rory hits the front of a green and it's, and it rolls back off and then rolls another eighty feet down back into the fairway, you can't complain about it too much when it's happened to like fifteen other guys. You know, it's like are you going to bitch about <laughs> something happened to you that's happened to fifteen other guys? You just kind of look like you're whining at that <laughs> point. And also, you know, don't hit it on that part of the green. Well, exactly. They all get practice rounds. And honestly, if you're hitting any of those spots on day four, that's then that's why you're not on the leaderboard. You know what I mean? Like they, they tell you, they let you play practice rounds. And by the time you've played your practice round and then three rounds of golf, if you get to day four and you're still hitting that shot, then then that's on you. They do a good job of baiting the players too. Like there was a, there was a couple of drivable par fours that they would let them take a shot at with like a three wood or a driver or something like that. But they then they would have that fescue field looking shit right up on the green so it's, you, you can go for it but if you miss it's trouble yeah <laughs> yeah and you know it's interesting too i think and we'll get into this probably later but uh, 
I think you had to go 24 players deep on the leaderboard before you got to your first live golfer, and that's Dustin Johnson, who I think arguably is probably the best player to have signed with the live golf to date. It is interesting at this point. I mean, guys are signing on, and the money is there, and we saw Brooks Kepka, but uh, to this point, the PGA has got the better players. Before we move on from the tournament to the live golf, we should probably mention that Matthew Fitzpatrick won the tournament. Oh, yeah. I don't mean to, and, uh, to, I don't mean to move off of that U.S. Open because it was an action-packed tournament but yeah, i just found it an interesting component of the tournament itself is the fact that uh, the live golfers were not a factor at all i think that's part of the the problem with live golf though is it's class versus ass all the class players all the best players hmm. are are, are going to be on top of the leaderboard and all the guys that can't really compete are going to live golf and all of them are assholes so it's it's the class versus the asses and that's fine like eventually they're gonna have to meld but yeah the the best players in the world and this tournament illustrates it better than just about anything else and that it's, it's still at the pga tour yeah, you mentioned Fitzpatrick being the uh, the eventual winner of this thing. He, uh, like, I think he clocked in at six under for the tournament. And God, in, a guy winning embraces nothing makes you feel older. Um, I guess he was <laughs> the, the U.S. Open, U.S. Amateur Open winner in 2013 on the same course. But he just looks like a kid to me when I, and, and but it was also good to see him smiling ear to ear. I mean, it did seem like Zalatoris was going to tie that thing up and send it into what would it have been, I guess, a two-way two way two whole aggregate playoff. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were rooting yeah. for that because that would have made it even crazier. Well, how good has Zally been, on, especially in the majors lately, and just can't manage to get he can, he hasn't got a PGA win, much less a major. But he's always right there in these majors lately. Yeah, that he's putt, like a man. Like nice guy, and he's fun to watch. Yeah, that putt looked like it was going in until about six inches when it kind of broke left. But it looked—I mean, it was a hell of a putt from not going in. Right. When how the, good? I think I, I think we all messaged about this a little bit while we were watching. But how good is Will like at putting from say fifteen feet or further away? And how god awful does he look from five foot in? <laughs> Like it's a head thing. It has to be. Sure. It's in his head bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that, that, uh, the final putt that he eventually lost on, that wasn't a head thing, I don't think, because he, he gave it everything he could. It just broke late. Um, it was a good putt, you know, and oh, for sure. Ultimately, I think the, sure. that putt was a, the moment that made the tournament for, Fitzpatrick, but but what really won it for him was his bunker shot because <laughs> when he was teeing off, the guys on TV were like, "Oh, as long as you do anything you want, just don't go left and stay out of those bunkers at all costs." And then he fucking <laughs> hits it left and plops it right in the middle of the bunker, and I'm like, "Okay, I guess we're going to a playoff here." <laughs> and then he just absolutely crushes that bunker shot dead center of the fucking green and saves the tournament for him. Yeah, that was a hell of a shot. He has a cool swing. His like the his swing seems a little different. He has like a really low plane and he kind of like twists his wrists around. It's just kind of a, I mean, it's almost kind of a Ricky Fowler looking swing. He does that, but it's just a really unique, smooth looking swing. He looks like he just swings the piss out of the club. So it's kind of interesting to watch him do it. Yeah. I mean, how good is he? You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, there's his first PGA win in the U S open. How much of this guy are we going to be seeing down the road? He's had like eight wins on the European tour. And, uh, I, I, you know, if you believe, uh, I, some of the analysts I was listening to, like his measurable stack, like his ball striking, is he's his numbers belie that he should be a good, consistent golfer at the top, like you know, top ten golfer. It seems like those guys when they he's another guy that's been around for a while and never managed to get a win, but it's been close a lot, like Valley has, but he's been around longer than him. But it seems like those guys once they get the one, you know, then they kind of 
then they kind of roll after that, like Sam Burns and some of those other guys. Like once they get that final, like they learn how to win the tournament, then they seem to be able to turn it on and can close them after that. Oh, Especially a U.S. Open. I can't imagine that it goes higher than that, really, other than maybe the Masters. Yeah, nobody's a better example of that than Scotty Scheffler, who for a minute seemed like he might. Uh, well, I mean, he did finish third, right? Like that guy is fucking playing golf this year. It's tied for second, actually. I thought the little asshole was going to win another one. Oh, he had to right. suffer through a boring interview again. That's right. He would have been tied. Uh, would have been third had uh, Zally made that putt. And, and yeah, yeah. I mean, God. And you know, I know Colin does not like watching Scotty Scheffler play golf. It puts him to sleep. But you can't dispute how damn good he has been. Well, he's good. He did some. He's no, he does more shot shaping and stuff than I initially thought he did. And I mean, like I said, he's just he's not a ball of personality. I mean, he's. He's not as, he's not Patrick Cantlay, but he's not much above that. You know, I mean, you talk about a couple of guys that if you look up white dude in the fucking dictionary, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, that's them. You know what I mean? Like it's it's uh it's what a you know how like a black comedian makes fun of how white people dance. If there was a way that a, a joke about a white guy dancing could become a human person, it's Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, we've seen Phil Mickelson dance <laughs> on that commercial. I, I, we need to see Scotty Scheffler dance. <laughs> well. I mean, just he is—he is a black guy's joke about white people dancing. <laughs> I imagine it'll look a lot like his driver's swing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does have moves. He does have jiggly feet. <laughs> um, I saw a meme this weekend—a picture of Scotty Scheffler and Colin Morikawa—and it said, "Tell me how it's possible that both of these guys are 25 years old." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Scotty Scheffler looks like a 48-year-old accountant, and Colin Morikawa looks like. <laughs> He's yeah, a teenager. Yeah, that's right. He looks like a teenager. Yeah. Hey, I do. While we're on the Colin Morikawa topic, I do want to give credit where credit is due. Of all of our picks last week, I believe Colin Morikawa was Colin's pick, uh, and he did finish tied for fifth, which is easily the best of our our group of selections. So he wins that. Didn't he? Uh, well, he didn't completely shit the bed on Saturday. He might have had a chance to win it. Shot like a fucking seventy-seven or something. Yeah, that's right. You, you beat me to the punch. It was a seventy-seven. It was the Saturday score. I mean, if he if he even you know if he had a seventy-two or something on Saturday, he would have run away with the thing. He's got the. Uh, he's wearing the uh, accusation of being a dome golfer. Like if, if the weather is bad at all, he is not good. You know, he's all track man and no, uh, you know, substance. Like, he has two majors already. But, like, it kind of checks out, too, because Saturday was the day where the wind picked up and the conditions were kind of shitty, and that's the day he throws up a 77. And the next day's quite a bit nicer, and he throws up one of the best scores of the, of the tournament. When he is on, he doesn't look like he has any flaws at all, you know, and maybe it is. It has to be a perfectly still day for him to be on. I'm not sure. But um, when he's playing his best golf, he looks unbeatable. He has a beautiful golf swing. It's like really easy to repeat. It looks like it's just something I would love to be able to emulate that I never, ever, ever will. Yeah, it's guys like Colin Morikawa, I think, that make the tour interesting too, because you got guys like Scotty Scheffler who are really boring. And then you got guys, you know, like, um, you know, the guys who left the tournament, the assholes, sort of the DeChambeau's and the Brooks Kepkas and stuff who um, are more personality driven and big hitters. And then guys like Morikawa who are just kind of like, I don't know, tacticians, it seems like when they're playing. And I feel like some, to some degree, Rory is like that as well. I'm, I feel like Rory has become the de facto king of the PGA because he's so, so outspoken as far as like a defender of the PGA, but also, you know, he's just, he's becoming easily the best golfer and the most sort of like, He's, I don't know, he's like a veteran now, you know, he's been around long enough Then he's still, he's a veteran who's still competitive as opposed to like a tiger who's a veteran who's getting to the point where it's just sort of like a, 
uh, Albert Pujols farewell tour for him almost. So, but I don't know. I, th- those guys, they all have sort of like a different reason you want to watch them. Well, I think the, what you're t- basically seeing is some of these guys are like golfers and some of them are like you, you talk about Bryson DeChambeau. Nobody's going to confuse him with like the most talented, most technically gifted golfer. You know what I mean? That's Rory and, and JT and Colin Morikawa. Those guys, like I said, you just know their best day is better than everybody else's because they're so good at all of it. And even like people ding Rory about his wedges all the time, but like fucking Rory can hit a wedge. Like he, it's his most inconsistent part of his game, but he's still better than 99.9% of the tour. You know, it's like, I just feel like Rory gets graded on a curve um, all the time. Like people are breaking his balls because he doesn't want to mat or um, a, a major in like eight years. And I'm like, yeah, because we all expect him to win majors because he's that fucking good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he finished top 10 in the uh, U.S. Open, and everybody's like, wow, what a disappointing showing for Rory McIlroy. And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, like, except, you know, like the, you know, fucking 156 other guys who started this tournament have no fucking chance. You know, he won a tournament in last week, and this, he finished his top 10. And everybody's like, boy, what's happened to Rory? <laughs> well, I, Tiger changed everybody's calculus on how many majors people ought to have. But what you don't realize is majors are really hard to win. There's a lot of guys that want to win it. Speaking of Colin Morikawa, I think he may be a sadist or something. Did you happen to see the little exchange with him on Twitter this week about uh, he was discussing the rumor about him going to live golf? And he chimed in and said, like, that's absolutely not true. I'm not going to live golf. And now, like, I don't know, he, like, deflected it by, like, now I'm going to go pour some cereal into my milk. And so, like, Max Homa jumped on there, who's a great Twitter follow, by the way. It's hilarious. And he's like, my only concern really is that you're pouring your cereal into your milk and not the other way around. <laughs> Any of you weirdos do that? Like, I did see that. that. It's kind of goofy, but for whatever reason, it entertained me. Well, honestly, of, of all the people I know, if somebody were to tell me that they poured cereal into their milk, I would expect it to be you, Rose. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like that's something you'd do. <laughs> that's something I would do. Like, in fact, you I'm the guy who, <laughs> I, I continuously put milk on my cereal as I eat it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I need more milk on this bitch. <laughs> you know? And that's uh, and, and sometimes, and because I do that, I always have a lot of milk left over. And so then I'm right back to the cereal and I'm back and forth, back and forth, back yeah. and forth until yeah. I get down to the end. I mean, I've eaten half a box of cereal by the time I get to the bottom and, and finish both all the cereal and the milk correct. at the exact same time. It's a vicious circle for me. It is a topic that a lot of golf podcasts are afraid to address. It's just the cereal to milk ratio and how important yeah. it is. And it is. I feel like everyone who's ever eaten cereal you can't have too much milk and you can't have it too dry. There is a perfect proportion. And it's kind of like macaroni and cheese. I mean, it, it took me a while to get macaroni and cheese right. I used to have a crazy aunt. The only reason I bring her up is because she was a really good golfer. But she used to, uh, she was super tight, refused to give me any milk. She'd make me pour water on my cereal. And that is some fucked up way to treat your nephew. You're kidding. Now, Are you serious? That's not a real story. Yeah. No, no, she she really did. She also uh, she's she's wonderful. She lives in Florida in a nice little community now, and she drinks hot toddies with her girlfriends every night. And she uh, informed me that she refuses to buy the expensive whiskey, so she bought one bottle of it, but then refills it with bottom shelf stuff and says they don't even know. <laughs> well, I've got a friend who yeah. does that and has been since college. <laughs> he bought one bottle of Maker's Forty Six fifteen years ago, and has been putting Evan Williams in it ever since. <laughs> she's also like ninety six and has more spunk than i do so she must be doing something right i guess <laughs> i tell you what i wouldn't i would have cut her off when she made me drink eat fucking water on my cereal like i we we that me and that aunt wouldn't talk 
<laughs> and Rose acting like I'm crazy for suggesting that he might pour <laughs> cereal into his milk. And then he <laughs> drops this fucking bombshell on us that he had to eat cereal with right. water. I don't we, think I'm so goddamn far off. We, <laughs> we did not get along well in my youth, but we've, we've grown to love each other. <laughs> Over the whiskey. Sure. Whiskey and cereal. That's a, you know, <laughs> grain on grain. Well, like, was she, I mean, was she, did she, was he born in the depression? Did she walk around the house in petty pants? I mean, she's 96. Like, 96. Uh, he said. Yeah, she's 96. Yeah. She, was, she actually might be 97. Yeah, she definitely has done the depression thing. So she's, she's very much the stereotypical live through that kind of person. God, I'd be like, mom, you're never taking me to Aunt <laughs> Cuntbag's house again because I'm never eating <laughs> cereal again. Well, I think that. Don't ever take me there again. <laughs> I think as an intrepid journalist, the question we have to ask is, what kind of cereal was she feeding you? Because it couldn't have been named yeah. brand. No, it was cereal it was the, O's. Tasty O's. Yeah, it was the Aldi's shit in the bag that no kid likes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it yeah. didn't come in a box, right? I'll tell you what, Rose. <laughs> 100% real wood shavings. <laughs> yeah. 100% our, real sawdust. Yeah, Colin and I will bellyache about our parents being tightwads till. the... <laughs> the cows come home and they didn't grow up in the depression, but they sure <laughs> act like they did. But one thing they never did to us, they never forced us to eat bag cereal. <laughs> Our shit came from yeah. a box. We never had to know the shame of even bag cereal, those knockoff Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't tell you how many of my friends, I, I, I quietly in my mind thought, you sad bastard, when I opened their pantry. Yeah, I did think I was better than people who ate <laughs> cereal out of a bag. <laughs> well, if you... Our listeners want to know why I come off as damaged sometimes because my parents pawn me off on all these trailer park relatives all the time. So. <laughs> I mean, if you don't love your kids enough to give them fucking Fruit Loops, you're not a good parent. <laughs> well, that's my thing is like, do you really think your financial fortunes are going to be upturned by saving 48 cents, getting the uh, Tasty-Os instead of the Cheerios? <laughs> you know, like Earn a dollar, don't save a nickel. Well, that's like like Aldi's. My wife always wants to go to Aldi's. I'm like, fuck that, Susan. I don't want to pay a quarter for a goddamn cart. And then have anybody bag my groceries and just be jammed together in an aisle with 75 other people buying knockoff macaroni and cheese. Like, call me an elitist, but fuck that place. Do you, do you still need to put a deposit of a quarter into the carts at Aldi's? I haven't been to an Aldi in a while. I'm saying yes. It, because, well, the yeah, inflation do. hasn't hit the Aldi's cart, I guess, because it's been a quarter forever. Well, like, I just, I just not interested in fighting off three Mennonite women for a box of cereal <laughs> that says that, that has some knockoff pirate <laughs> that looks a little bit like Captain Crunch, but not all that much. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's corporal well, some of that shit is bad too. Like, you ever, you ever have like knockoff cheese? It's those are, those are rough. They are, Cheese flavored cardboard. <laughs> like, it's bad. Oh, man. This is hot golf talk. Well, I think it's as important as anything. <laughs> yeah, got, sorry. This is, it's, this is Colin Workout's fault. Uh, is the quarter supposed to make you not steal the golf cart? Like, are you, cause you're in for a quarter, you got to return that son of a bitch or you're not getting that quarter back? Because, like, if you really need a shopping cart, quarter's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Are you purchasing well, if it? Well, if you're too tight to buy Fruit Loops, then, I mean, you're worried about that quarter, obviously. <laughs> I guess so, but I mean, it's a whole shopping cart. You, it's probably your home. <laughs> the only thing, the only, uh, I'll tell you what, that's another thing. Like, I, um, I remember like when we had those summer league baseball games and somebody's parents would bring the cooler full of soda for after the game. It'd be like Dr. Yeah. Thunder. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Fizz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking RC Cola is too rich for our blood. I guess we'll have to drink delicious <laughs> cola. 
Well, you know the thing about this. All the can said was cola. <laughs> and our mom did spring some of those on us. When you open it, <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right, Rose. That's <laughs> that's the thing about them is they didn't always taste bad, but they did somehow go flat immediately. <laughs> you better enjoy your first sip because the last one is going to taste <laughs> like why I cold soda coffee. So fast from pounding Doctor Thunders in my youth. <laughs> Pounding Dr. Thunder was a porno I watched in college. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so how about that Fitzpatrick kid? Yeah, back to golf. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a detour. I get, <laughs> Colin, do I have permission to talk about live golf? Because I think. Yes, please do. I just didn't want to, I, I wanted Fitzy to get his day. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, Kepka left. I feel like that's the big news for this week, and it's probably yeah, the another l- ass. Yeah, I mean, it really is turning into the asshole tournament. And I don't know. Uh, we had a buddy who was like, "Look, man, they're paying fucking a fortune. These guys, you finished last place, you're making a million dollars. Who's going to blame anybody?" And it's a hundred percent true. I get all of that, but you know, I always have to go back to the fact that it's like you can't pretend like it isn't coming from the people who funded nine eleven. Somebody's <laughs> got to say it. You know what I mean? Like somebody has to say it. Well, and people always shit on you for saying it, but it's it is a thing. And let's <laughs> we live in a world where we just excuse bad behavior all the time because somebody else did something bad, so I can totally drink blood money. Yum 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 yum. <laughs> well, I think that. Uh I get tired of being like, oh, the press is just beating to death. It's like, it's the biggest story in golf the last fucking 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, it, the, the, the league is fracturing. They're paying these huge money. The, it is, I mean, I just, I was telling the guys at Men's League the other night, I was like, listen, I'm, I don't care. They can all go. I mean, who am I to turn down $200 million? I just don't want Phil Mickelson tweeting, you know, never forget on 9-11 ever again. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but take the money by all means. Just don't pretend you have any, you know, <laughs> don't pretend like you're on the side of the angels ever yeah exactly don't pretend to care about human rights ever i mean like <laughs> yeah you've you've shown your ass you know what i mean yeah you're playing golf for a country that finds out you went to a gay nightclub one time and you fucking disappear into a black bag forever <laughs> but sure it's okay you know play make a little money play a little golf what we can do <laughs> that's right now i can bet charles barkley again i have the cash yeah <laughs> Which at some point we're you know all these guys keep going and I think the uh, actually saw I'm stealing this idea from somebody else on Twitter but it made sense the you know we we've had all the assholes go but we're starting to get bigger name assholes you know like Justin Johnson was the only one for a little while now we got like Avery Manser now we got Brooks Kepka which I don't think anybody's surprised that those guys have went Patrick Reed but you're getting these better name guys these top twenty in the world golfers and stuff like that and eventually. That one nice guy is going to go. You know, you're going to get like a Shane Lowry or like a Mark mm-hmm. Leishman or something is going to sign, and that's going to give all of the other nice guys free reign to say, "Fuck it, we're taking the money too." And that's when I think it we really hit that slope where the PGA is even deeper shit than they are now. I think you're 100 well, percent right. They the PGA has announced their plan to combat this, which is like they've dumped like another 150 million dollars into purses. They're going to do an eight a special eight tournament, top 50 player, super money tournaments next year like they're basically copying Liv's homework and make it just different enough that they can claim it's their own yeah and they have also said that if it's a battle of just like dollar bills they can't win it well and that's my thing like i i appreciate what they're trying to do but they're they're losing this fight and they're going to lose it because you can't win a fight with somebody who's got a endless supply of money it's impossible to do they're bad they're doing this they don't even have the money for it necessarily like and the thing that I read is that they've, they've already announced these purses and they're doing it. And they're basically saying that eventually it's going to be covered by sponsorship money. 
But right now, to be able to make it happen in the short term, because they basically have to, is they're covering the extra purse money with like the PGA's fucking slush fund or whatever they have. They're like backup cash. And then they're going to like actively try to recruit sponsors to be able to make up this money. Like if that doesn't happen, then especially if a bunch of the golfers jump away and so the companies aren't as interested in doing it, then they're back to square one. They can't fund it themselves forever. Also, don't sell more ad space during the tournaments. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like this is going to work itself out one way or another. You know, whether live golf becomes the new standard for golf or whether PGA survives or whether they somehow coexist together, although I don't think that's likely, it'll work itself out. You know, in 10 years, we'll know who won this battle or who didn't. And honestly, I, you know, I said this before, like none of the money is coming to me. So as long as I still get to watch really, really good golfers golf on the weekends, I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter what the tournament is as long as I still get to see it. And I know a lot of the PGA is trying to bank on the whole, like the masters matters, the U S open matters, their shit doesn't matter. But the longer it lasts, the more it does matter, you know, in that argument. Well, and the PGA tour doesn't own any of the, the masters or the U S open. You know I mean, like they're, they're not even affiliated with them. So yeah, but it's, it, but as long as the PGA guys are still winning, you know, or as long as the leaderboard oh, sure. 20 spaces down is all PGA guys, they can make that claim. Now, as soon as, like Rose says, some of the good guys and the uh, the top players break into the live golf and they start competing in these majors, then the PGA loses their footing there, too. But for now, the PGA does have like things have been working the pga's way in the short term as far as like rory winning a week before the u.s open the best guy the biggest advocate for the pga and the next weekend the live golfers totally shit the bed in the u.s open that's all working out for the pga in the short term but it's with the money pouring in and continuing to pour in it's the long term they got to worry about what happens as far as these majors go so right now the the guys that are on the live golf tour can play in the majors if they're you know can work their way in it from I don't know whatever gets them in there. They want to they want to pass major. They're a past tournament champion or something like that. But I know Live Golf has applied to be considered in the official World Golf rankings, but that hasn't been ruled on yet, to my knowledge. So if and this is just me snowballing, so if I'm way off base here, when you please correct me. So like if they don't if if they deny that the official World Golf ranking people say like no fuck you we are not recognizing you, then. A couple of years down the road here, if you know, you're only going to have the PGA players and then the guys that are on the Live Golf Tour that aren't, don't have any sort of official world golf ranking would have to be a past champion or a past major champion or whatever, or something like that that works their way into like things like the U.S. Open and the Masters and shit like that. That's, um, otherwise, they wouldn't be able to play. So is there, I mean, if that gets denied, then that screws a lot of guys. That's accurate. That's accurate. They, they, they need world golf rankings points to play in the majors, but I can't imagine they're, they're going to deny... Why would they? You know, they're not the PGA Tour. These are professional golfers, some of the best in the world playing events. I mean, I can't, not to mention the DP European Tour is letting them play. And so they cannot, they can go play uh, European events and, and, uh, and get their points. You know, the European Tour get very good very quick. All of a sudden, Brooks Kepka and fucking Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed and Dustin Johnson and all these guys are showing up. There's ways around that, even if they don't approve it, but I can't, they're going to have to approve it. There's just, there's no legitimate argument they have for not approving it. I mean, I understand the money is dirty, but you know, they're not considering where the money comes from. They're just saying, is this competitive golf? At least as I'm concerned, is this competitive professional golf that's deserving of, of points? And how could they argue that it's not when you see the names of the people playing? 
Yeah. I mean, they were deserving the points 10 minutes ago when they are in the PGA. Now they don't deserve them. Well, and the further you get from the blood money, the less culpable you feel about it too. And they're not, you know, the people who are putting in on these majors aren't directly benefiting from Saudi money. They're letting guys who are benefiting play in their tournaments. But it's just, you know, the, some of the counter arguments to the people who say, oh, if you're belly aching about the live golf being blood money, then what about your iPhone? It's being made by child labor and, and you know, overseas when you're still using your iPhone. Well, yeah, but. You can't, not everything is the same, you know, not everything is equal. And, you know, me buying an iPhone, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess I could go without a phone or something, but like, you know, the further away you get it, if I was employing child labor, somehow I feel like that's worse than me buying the iPhone. You know, not everything is everything. (laughs) Well, that's what they always want to, they always want to pretend that um, because these, these Saudis have money and lots of businesses that you can't, if you complain about this, you can't use any of those businesses. I'm like, well, you, you can, it's not the, it's, it's a false equivalency, yeah, but that's I'm, what it I'm is. to the point where I don't care anymore. It's just, just tell me you're going to taking the money, the grow the game stuff. Fuck you. There's not growing the game. This certainly isn't good for golf. Yeah. It's good for golfers though. Yeah. And, uh, but ultimately like I, I'm mad at the PGA tour because they've handled it. They, they ignored it forever, which is always a great plan you know, to not be proactive in any way, shape or form. They've been obstinate and arrogant from the fucking get-go. And then this all happens, and they have no plan. And so now they fucking throw together a plan to try to save their ass. It's too late. Yeah. And I thought that – now they want to fight it, and they want to try to do their own thing. For how long? Would you just admit you're beaten and get – you know, and and figure it out? How long are you going to try to do this Cold War? I mean, it's just – it's so stupid, you know? It's it's little Matt from the fucking Mike Tyson – punch out game and like how long do you want to fight tyson jesus christ there was one more big live announcement that you guys haven't even brought up and i'm a little disappointed in you is that that brandle chumbly or whatever the the golf announcer guy signed on with live golf yeah right. he's leaving the pga stuff <laughs> sure but, yeah <laughs> he, he's the he's hater doing the whole like it's he's doing it for the betterment of the game and the bringing the world together and that was his whole that was his whole spin i'm sure they're not paying him he's doing it out of goodness bizarre who's going oh brindle chumbly he's a I don't even know what he's on. He's either on the golf channel or he's like that, BBC Sports. Uh, or that, he was one of the, that can't be right. Announcers that can't be right. That's the guy. He's the guys you love to watch. Yeah. Isn't he the guy who's like been nonstop painting on Live Golf forever? That's Randall Shamley. Yeah, basically he's the he's that's, that's br- him. That's who I'm saying. I said his name wrong, but he's on the Golf Channel, Golf Central, and all that shit. He just signed on to you, Live Golf. That is oh, that is gross. that is no, not true. No, there is no, no way. No, no, no. He's been catfished. Rose yeah. has been catfished by someone, or he I doesn't know who Randall Shambly like is. Fifteen different things. Y- you're so wrong about that, Rose. Like this guy, nobody has <laughs> shit on I Live Golf I more. On, I literally saw it on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter five minutes before I got on here. <laughs> like you need to check your sources there fucking 8 chan that is yeah like what kind of conspiracy nonsense are you putting on this podcast <laughs> well if i if it is if it's wrong you can cut it all out i just saw yeah it no we're not cutting it out we're leaving no it's going in it's going in like he not only is he the biggest hater of live golf i mean people the people who love live golf have universally just shit on him every time he posts anything because they hate him so much. It, you, you must have. You got to check for the that's blue check mark, man. That's what I was kind of hoping. <laughs> yeah, fucking, that's what I was kind of. That's fucking. what I was kind of hoping. Is he like yeah. totally ate his words to do it? <laughs> well, yeah, fucking DJ. I'm sure that I was catfish, but I didn't see it. GJT Eagle dot gun at 
fucking underscore Trumper bear <laughs> tweeted that fucking half an hour before the show started. And Rose is like, I'm going with it. Yeah. Hey, listeners, here's the scary thing for our country. Rose gets to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I am the live golf guy. Yeah. No, but, but Faldo is leaving and I find that timing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Suspicious. Conspicuous. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, uh, Oh, yeah. you, you think he's going to pick up a new contract on the other team? Well, well but, do you think Nick Faldo ha- gives a fucking flying fuck about anyone that's not named Nick Faldo? I mean, have you ever listened to Nick Faldo for 10 seconds? I mean, like, if gay people and uh, and journalists are being murdered, it's not – Faldo ain't losing no sleep. He'll be like, where do you? Where do I sign – do I sign the back of the check before I take it to the bank or can I direct deposit? Yeah, this is a guy who sponsors Square Shoes, for Christ's sakes. He does not care where his money comes from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and claims they give you distance. <laughs> well, he does have the uh, he does have the asshole mantra that they're looking for over there. Yeah. Oh, like that's what I'm saying. He's a complete prick. I can't. I could have completely imagined that in sometime in the next couple of weeks we're going to find out that Nick Faldo is now the the lead analyst for Live Golf. Oh, I, I think that's true, but I don't know that it works out the way Live Golf wants it to work out. Because to me, it's kind of like they say in the boot heel of Missouri, if you chopped it off and gave it to Arkansas, it would raise the IQ of both states. I feel... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Faldo, going to, Faldo going to Live Golf will simultaneously make the PGA better and <laughs> make Live Golf worse. I don't think it's going to work out. <laughs> for, yeah. for oh, you know, he, he guys, guys just, I want to chime in here. It, upon a little more research, it appears I'm, I may have some more breaking news. I may have been a little bit wrong. Oh, bring oh okay. Wow. <laughs> like, at least we didn't jump you for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad your, uh, your crack team of researchers got to the bottom of that. <laughs> We're just winging it here. This is a, uh, I have no sources. I'm just pulling it out of my ass. <laughs> Hey, I think we have buried the lead on the whole live golf conversation, which is Colin, for some reason, texted both me and Rose a, for no reason whatsoever, a nude photo of Greg Norman, which I think I lost a lot of sleep. Good <laughs> Lord. Well, I, I kindly asked him from. to never do that again. <laughs> I do not know where it came from. And I, oh, you know what? I think it came from your search history is where it came from. Well, no, it came from, I know where it came from. It came from a tweet on Twitter. Well, that's where they usually um, are. Like, I, I saw that immediately and was like, well, Brendan and, Brendan and Rose need to see that. And, um, <laughs> Turns out you're anyway, wrong. So, but if for the 14 people that are listening Honestly, right now, like I'm going to put that picture up on Twitter so they can see the majesty of Greg Norman that me and Brendan and, and Rose have now known so well. The one thing I know. And this will be, be the only time you ever hear me say this, but the picture would have been less awkward if it actually did have his massive copy. Yeah. That's I was I go I was gonna go there too, Rose. It's the, as horrible as that was, <laughs> the only thing we know about Greg Norman in the nude is that he's got the big old Pringle can honker and uh, <laughs> didn't even get featured in the photo. <laughs> mm-hmm. no. well, that's a shame. Well, guys, <laughs> I feel like we've covered golf well tonight. But uh, <laughs> what about your own game? I personally watched so much golf last weekend that it made me good at golf for five holes today and then about hole number six i fell apart and i've been i'm back to terrible again i haven't played a ton i played on saturday uh, and it went a little better uh, a little better than it has so it's progressively getting like back to normal it's just a matter of consistency i think it's you know one one shot's kind of wild the next one i can dial it in or whatever and the uh, the scoring is getting better i just need to kind of rope it in but we're getting ready to our member guest tournament kicks off tomorrow 
Um, so I'll be doing that for the next three days and playing uh, a shitload of golf. So hopefully it improves over that and that all goes well. Last three times I've been out, things have been uh, a lot better. I uh, shot my lowest score at men's league uh, last uh, Tuesday night, but you know, like it'll all fall apart next week. You know what I mean? Like it's all, it's just, none of it is, none of it. It's all just feel like a mirage. You know, it's working right now, and but uh, Lord knows. But it did. I mean, like all of a sudden I'm hitting greens and hitting fairways. And I yet again make another swing change and it seems to be working. But like I said, and so I'm I'm happy. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get out and just see if this is really real. Like, can I replicate this? Can I, is this swing going to work? And and it won't. I just know it won't. I, I know that's not the, the power of positive thinking, but I just feel like I'm just going to slice it all over the fucking golf course Friday because that's the next time I'm playing. It depends on whether you call me to tell me you've got golf figured out. If you do that, things are going to go south for you. <laughs> I it's uh, a oh, double down. Well, I, I uh, like I said, I don't think I have it figured out, but uh, but I slowly but surely am figuring it out. I feel like every day is a is a a, a little bit closer to respectability. Part of it too is because you know, I talk to so many people that have been golfing longer than me, and like, oh, I was you, I was you, you know, five years ago. And I'm like, God, I hope I'm you in five years. Yeah. You know, that's I play with a guy Tuesday night who's basically a scratch golfer, and he's like, oh man, I was you, like not that long ago. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm never gonna be as good at golf as that guy is, but you know, it does make you feel like, oh, well, oh, you know, there's room for improvement. He was as bad as me at one point. And yeah. I always tell my own kids, anytime they're doing anything, sports or school or whatever, I'm always like, Hey man, you gotta be bad at something before you can be good at it. And, uh, so that's my approach to golf. I'm like, you're gonna have to be good at it for a while. If you're going to get good at it. I told Colin over the course of last week, I don't remember when I said, look, if somebody told me you could shoot an 85 every time you go out, but you'd never be better than that, I would take that deal. <laughs> that, it's not bad. I saw some uh, I saw some stat the other day that said like 55% of golf or only 55% of golfers ever break 100. So like don't be too hard on yourself kind of thing. And so it, seeing little things like that as a golfer who's you know not that far removed from that, it does make me feel a little bit better, better about oh, myself. I think, so, that's, I think that's slightly skewed by the fact that you know of the guys who go out who are they counting as golfers? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we all know we go out to the course every once in a while, especially if you go to a muni, and you're going to see some roofers out there who are going to golf for their the, one of the three times all summer. And those guys are going to hack it around all over the place and then maybe a couple more times. If they're counting those guys, then yeah, that's probably accurate. But I just feel like if you're golfing with any regularity and working at it, I feel like that number comes down considerably. Yeah, guys that keep a handicap is like a different – category probably yeah like if you keep if you did that yeah, same for sure. research for a guy to keep a handicap I, I wonder what that score would be i can tell you at my club when i look at the usga site i'm not near the top <laughs> <laughs> me neither at what point are we going to get a uh, good live podcast round it, uh, together so we can you know critique each other and tell each other how to be better and you know all that stuff that information we don't need uh, I'd like We're it waiting to, on you, Rose. Yeah, I'd like it to be not ninety-seven yeah, degrees. Yeah, I, I think our listeners would like to hear that. <laughs> That's also true. Um, yeah. I think our listeners are dying for that commentary. Sure, I'm pretty much always available to golf, even <laughs> at the expense of my family and uh, employment. You know what I mean? So, especially at the expense of his family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why every woman loves golf, right? For every yeah. Oh man. And hey, that's why you I get that laundry package. detergent, guys. I I got a uh, I got a <laughs> I got a uh, package in the mail today, and I opened it up, and it was new grips for my clubs that I had bought. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna regrip these clubs with something I like better. And I just when I opened them up in the kitchen table, my wife just kind of looked at them and just shook her head, disgust. Yeah, because she just she doesn't know what golf <laughs> grips cost, but she knows they're more expensive than she wants. And to you know what I mean, like, and she's 
She knows the kids need new shoes. <laughs> well, she's paying she's oh, paying a small sorry. fortune for golf for gas right now, and she sees me opening boxes of golf grips. And she's like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> right, like a true golf dork. I was, uh, you know, remember Augusta's coming up, and that's the one time of year I really clean my club. So I had him in the kitchen earlier, and I was cleaning them up, getting ready for the big show. And my wife and my son were sitting in there, and my wife asked me how many dollars were in the bag, like worth of clubs and stuff like that. And I just outright refused to answer. Like I'm not, I'm not going down that road. You mm. don't want to know. I promise. I don't know what's in my bag, money wise, and I'm not going to add it up. Yeah, <laughs> things yeah. I don't want to know. I have a pretty good indication, all. and it could go on a little vacation for what it is. Yeah. Oh, I, if my wife knew what all this golf stuff, she knows it's expensive. She's like, God, I don't even want to know what you spend on golf. It's like, no, you don't, because you you are badly underestimating. <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> yeah, you think it's bad, and you're not even halfway there. <laughs> you, you don't know how bad it is. <laughs> like, if you knew how bad it really is, you might not talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that's a good place to wrap it up as colin's marriage ending to golf so yeah. till next time fellas there's a lot of ways to win on the course but if you don't have talent or luck you can always count on a good lie Four. pounding dr thunder was a porno i watched in college <laughs>